0: I invite you to open your Bible, or the Bible in the pew, to Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 12. That can be found on page 868. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him. Two by two, into every town and place where he intended to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace, to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Francis was born in the year 1182 in the town of Assisi in Italy. His father was a very wealthy merchant. And one day a beggar came along asking for money. And Francis gave whatever was in his pocket to the beggar. The encounter with the beggar set him thinking about the poverty and misery of human life. Later, Francis was near death, but Jesus healed him and saved him. And the nature of Francis was entirely changed. And he recognized that he had a mission in life. And he made a clear decision to renounce his old way of living, to lead a life of purity, and to dedicate his life to the service of those in need. And Francis then went from village to village, preaching the love of God. And he invited people to join him in his life of service. Francis didn't just serve one time in a moment of need. He didn't just dedicate a moment of his life. He dedicated his whole life to serve God. Well, we're not so different, actually. We hear God's call to serve as we see others in need. We hear God's call to serve as we see God meet our own needs and change us as we experience salvation. We recognize this call to serve God, but often we don't do anything about it. Or we just serve for a moment. We have to be careful not to deceive ourselves with the worthless mission of inaction. When we hear Jesus' call, we act on it. You see, to serve, Francis had to act out the mission that he received from God. He couldn't just decide that those who were poor needed to be served. He had to go and serve. In the same way, Jesus would not be our Savior if he only listened to God. He had to go to the cross and die for our sins. Our scripture today makes clear that there's more to serving God than just hearing his call. Our mission involves action. Well, our our first excuse is, well, we're not, like St. Francis of Assisi. We're not Jesus. But if you consider the first verse of our scripture, Jesus appointed 72 others and sent them on his mission. It wasn't just these special 12 we hear about so often, those 12 disciples. It was all the rest of his disciples And God continues to call ordinary, normal people like you and me, maybe those who would rather just follow to be sent out as messengers, bringing Jesus' salvation to the world. Consider our congregation. A group of youth and adults went out to the Bahamas to serve others. Next week, a leader from within our congregation will be the one preaching. There's a couple in our congregation that spent 15 years working with the youth. Connections for ministry have happened as members of our congregation have worked in dentist's offices. And these are just a few smattering examples of the ways that all of us that people among our congregation are at work being sent out, whatever their status, whatever their maturity, on the mission to bring God's kingdom near to others. So how do we do this? How do we don't just happen to serve? After the call, how do we serve? Well, in the message translation of Luke chapter 10, there are three phrases that provide a pattern for us. They are on your knees, on your way, and on the doorstep. Jesus asks us to pray, to go out depending on God, and to serve God by bringing peace to others. So, first, we pray. Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest for workers. Well, now, it's not just prayer so that God will send other people out. It's not just us praying so God will send others. It's prayer that others would be sent out with us. We're not meant to be alone in service. Serving God's not a solo act. When Jesus gave his call When he appointed those 72 others and sent them out, he sent them out in pairs, two by two. I can think of two examples from our congregation of this pattern being worked out. Jane told me how she felt called to restart the fellowship committee. And the first thing she did was to pray. She prayed and then gathered a few others, and then together they began to serve. In the same way, Karen, she felt a call to mentoring ministry. So she prayed, and she gathered others to pray, and then they went out and are in the midst of making that happen as we speak. So when we go out, though, it's not just prayer and gathering others. As we go out, we go out depending on God. Service involves going out, and the going out is not promised to be easy. I think for some reason, initially, we think that serving Jesus won't be difficult. And then whenever we hit an obstacle, however small or large it is, we stop. And we back off. Well, we have a warning in our scripture. Jesus, even as he sends us out, he says, Go, I am sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. Well, wait a second. That's not what we're signing up for, right? But this warning doesn't mean that if we go out to serve, we will be killed. This means we have to depend on Jesus. We're not going to be the one going out in the strongest position. We're not going to be able to rely on our own strength as we face the inevitable obstacles, whether that's mean people, church politics, misunderstanding, or those that are seeking to take advantage of our goodwill. As we serve, we will confront others who are more powerful and are against us. Going further, Jesus also points out that serving him doesn't depend on the resources we bring. In Luke, the disciples are directed not to take money, not to take a bag, really nothing extra. We don't need to have so much. We don't need to wait until we have enough to serve. Service might even be hindered by feeling self-sufficient, by being in need of nothing. To faithfully proclaim our Lord's message of salvation, we have to rely on God and go out in vulnerability, trusting that God will shepherd us through the obstacles, going out in vulnerability in need of those we serve. As we go out with nothing extra, we learn to trust God but we're also utterly dependent on others for everything. Those 72 sent out needed to rely on people for a place to stay, for food, for anything they might need. This might seem foolish. Why would we go out to serve with nothing? But it's actually in this kind of vulnerability that God's power is seen, not our power. It's in this kind of vulnerability that mutual relationship can happen. One that's give and take. Not where one is just doing for another. Not just where we're bringing something for another. Service happens as we recognize we all have a need for something and that we each have something to offer the other. That service that we have, the message of Jesus Christ we have to offer, doesn't happen without another's hospitality, their acceptance of us. We serve offering faith in Jesus and the hope of healing that belief in him brings. We bring peace. This is the third part of the pattern. But the way um, that we bring it is not to force it. We we, we don't just say words of peace. We don't just do things for other people, but we share this wholeness of life that's been found in Jesus as we share our way of life together with others. The most effective way of sharing peace involves life together over time. Our service, whatever form it takes, involves sharing with others this opportunity that they have to take hold of the peace that we've found in Jesus Christ. The way that Luke describes this in our scripture, this message is through the actions of healing and saying that the kingdom of God has come near. Let me tell you a story about garbage. There was a man in Japan, and he wanted to share his faith. He wanted to serve God. So he went to a large train station. There's the most people there. And he tried to talk with people about Jesus. But people were just so busy going back and forth, they did not even pay attention to him at all. He couldn't even stop people. He walked all around the building, and he just couldn't see how he could serve God. And he went home discouraged and frustrated. And he cried out to God, and he prayed. And as he prayed, the word that came to him was garbage. Now, he wasn't sure what to do with this, so he invited a couple of other friends to come together with him and pray. And as they prayed, they decided that they would go back to the train station to clean up garbage. After a couple of times of going to the train station to clean up garbage, some people stopped and went up to them and asked them what they were doing. And why were they doing that? And the man had the opportunity to share, we want to serve God. And when people heard that, some of them opened up and shared about their lives and prayed with him. As they kept doing this, more and more people began stopping to share the garbage in their lives. And he and his friends had the opportunity to tell them how Jesus could clean it up. We too are called by Jesus to go out to serve. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit and given the responsibility to heal and proclaim the kingdom of God, to say peace to others. Going out, we confront the reality that our service will not be received by everyone. Jesus makes this clear in Luke. There are times to move on. He also makes clear that rejection will happen. But that rejection doesn't alter the reality that the kingdom of God is near. Rejection does not alter the consequences that there are for not responding to the offer of God's peace. So our going out to serve matters. Our sharing peace with others matters. Now we might not know how to do that at first. But we pray. We go out. And as we go out, we learn how to serve and participate in God's mission in the world. If we're just along for the ride, watching but not participating, if we're just sitting safe in the safety of our pews, we think we know what to do, but we cannot be sure. Consider it this way. When I was a youth director, I gathered a group of sixth grade girls to go to a theater performance. Their parents dropped them off at the theater, and after the show, I was taking them home. And one of the girls, I said, so, I had never been to her house. And I said, so how do we get back to your house? And she said, I don't know. I said, you don't know how to drive back to your own house? And she's like, no, I've only ever ridden. I've never driven. We did figure it out, by the way. But it's actually in doing, in acting, in going out to serve, that we learn how to serve. We learn how to share the good news of Jesus and how people actually respond to it as we go out, not just as we think about it. We learn that it's only as we rely on others to let us into our lives that we know the true needs that people have for healing. It's only in going out that we know what people are truly concerned about. It's in going out that we learn to offer the healing, that we learn how to share the peace God's put within us. It's only in going out that we bring the kingdom of God near. Now I'll acknowledge that going out to serve is risky. It's actually an adventure from start to finish. And as we serve, though, we're not on our own. We partner with God through prayer. He brings others to be partners with us in going out. And then we're together with others, those we go to serve. So I look forward. I look forward to hearing your stories of learning how to serve as you pray but also as you go out with others depending on God. I look forward to hearing how you are offering healing and how you are helping to bring the kingdom of God near in the unique way that Jesus has called you to do it. Let us pray. God, we ask that you would not only open our ears to hear your unique call to us, but that, they, that you would give us courage to share your peace with others. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I invite you to stand as we sing our hymn of response, verses one through four only.
1: Lord, you give a great commission. Heal the sick and preach the word, lest the church neglect its mission and the gospel go unheard, help us witness to your purpose with Spirits, give some power us for the work of ministry. Lord, you call us to your service. In my name, baptize and teach. That the world may trust your promise, life abundant, meant for each. Give us all new fervor, draw us closer in. Spirit's gifts empower us for the work of ministry. Lord, you make the common holy, this my body this my blood let us all for true glory daily lift life heavenward asking that the world around us show your children Spirit's gifts empower us for the work of ministry. Lord, you show us love's true measure. Father, forgive yet we hold as private treasure all that you so freely give may your care and mercy lead us To a just society With the Spirit's gifts empower us For the work of ministry
0: We have all heard the call of our Lord. As we prepare to receive communion, this is a time, if you have not responded to his call to receive him into your heart, into your life, to let his peace fill you, come, discover, and follow him. Come and share in eternal life. Come to his table. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. We do praise you, God of power and love, you who laid the foundations of the earth, We praise you that this world is in your hands. That even though there is death, you endure. That you are the same day in, day out. We give you thanks that you made us in your image. That you called us to be your people even when we turned away from you. Still, you have loved us and sought us. And in Christ, your grace defeated death and opened the way to eternal life. Most holy God, thank you for sending your only son to live among us, sharing our joy and sorrow. We thank you that he told your story, that he healed the sick and was a friend to sinners, and that obeying you, He took up his cross and died that we might live. We praise you that he overcame death and is now risen to rule the world. And so we pray together, gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and cup that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ and with all who share this feast, united in ministry in every place. And as this bread is Christ's body for us, send us out to be the body of Christ in the world. Amen. It was on the night that he was betrayed that Jesus took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he said, take, eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim our Lord's saving death until he comes again in glory. I would like to invite you to come forward to receive the elements. Let us pray. We are so glad, Lord, to be connected to you, to be joined together with one another. We pray for those who are not here with us, who are unable to worship today, whether it's from distance, for health reasons. We pray for Pete, that you would guide him, that you would renew him as he experiences your spirit, as he learns from being in the Holy Land. Lord, we pray for those who are in need, those who are battling cancer, for a young infant named Angela who needs a heart transplant. We pray, Lord, that you would be at work in powerful ways. In the lives of those who are hurting and sick. Lord, we pray too for others who need your presence in their lives for Marfany, for Albert, for Sarah, for the Geary family on the loss of their daughter, for Sandy Mack on the loss of her grandmother and the Dade family on on the loss of their sister. Lord God, we give you thanks that death is not the end of the story for us, that we know that there is more to life, that there is life beyond life through the resurrection of our Lord, through your resurrection, Jesus. And so we pray for those who are searching for you. We pray that you would guide the Amars, as they uh, minister to those um, who need to know who you are in the Iranian community. We pray for those who are searching, those people of peace who are just waiting to accept the peace that we have to offer. Lord, guide us. Lord, lead us. We affirm all this now as we pray the prayer that you taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us stand and sing our closing hymn together. And now may our God of grace who raised from the dead our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ the great shepherd of the sheep equip you all and equip us all together to do every good thing. In the name of Jesus. Amen.